1: Hi, everybody. My name is Simon Kingsnorth. I am a marketing author and CEO of a marketing agency over here in the UK, working with businesses all over the world, including some law firms. And I'm hoping today, uh, Karen and I are going to have some some really good conversations around AI and uh, all kinds of exciting things happening in the space and see if we can give you some uh, some useful advice to take away.
0: Simon, thank you so much for being here. I feel like this is the hot topic. Everybody is putting in their two cents and, you know, everyone is looking for an angle on this topic too. Like, okay, I saw everybody else talking about chat GPT. I saw everybody talking about this. How can I say something salacious that will get me some clicks and, you know, something that other people aren't talking about? So it just keeps, it seems like it just keeps getting elevated. Like, is, is AI taking over the world and, you know, know, we are soon going to be, you know, slaves to our robot overlords. So actually, I kind of got ahead of myself. Let me first introduce the topic. And and thank you for being here. But today, we're going to really dig into this and answer some of those questions and, you know, talk about the things that people are freaking out about and whether there's some, you know, truth behind some things or not. And so we're going to also talk about the big question we're going to ask is how to add AI to your marketing strategy. So let's, you know, we'll talk about the, the big questions, but then we can talk about where it could be useful and where you can, you know, kind of take some of these tools and use them in your marketing strategy. So that's what we're going to talk about today. That, that's the big question. So let's first talk about what some of these, what some of the big topics everybody's saying. Well, what is Why is everybody talking about this right now?
1: Look, it's got really heated, I suppose, over the last few months, especially. So, yeah, AI has been around for a, a while now, actually, and and you know, call it machine learning. It's been around for years. I mean, Jasper is one of the platforms that that's been around for quite a long time, being quite heavily used by you know, millions of businesses now. But it's it, to, to me the reason it's turned into a real buzz in 2023 is largely because of Chat GPT, really, as the name everyone's hearing.
0: Yeah, exactly. And why is it that, that that's the one that everybody? finally suddenly just started going bonkers about when there has been all of this other stuff for years and years like it's bizarre to me
1: i mean i think chat gpt is doing a few things so firstly it's pushing the boundaries a little bit so there, there are lots and lots of ai platforms out there that you can use for various different purposes and we can talk a little bit about that later on but i think that the flexibility of chat gpt the ease of use the friendliness of it the way you can just pretty much get anything out of it and, and they're they're the way they've promoted it very heavily and yeah you know, they've gone out there and made it take you know doctors exams your phd exams and things like that it's yeah you know, it's a really strong statement yeah
0: they've taken like legal bar exams and things like that too yeah yeah
1: yeah exactly it's phenomenal so they they've done some fantastic sort of almost guerrilla marketing with the way they're promoting it which is great but that on top of the fact it's yeah you know, as a well, sort of combined with it it is the fastest growing digital platform ever right it's it's i mean tiktok was enormously fast but it's way faster than tiktok it's it's only existed for what three months uh chat gpt so i think it has 100 million users somewhere around there now so yeah we all dream of these sort of numbers when we're trying to grow our own businesses right, right but, exactly uh, uh, <laughs> we all
0: go to bed at night uh, yeah. dreaming of those numbers <laughs> that's, that's the life <laughs> that's of a exactly marketer it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, it's phenomenal and it, and it is flexible and I, I mean, you know, before I before I came on today, just maybe 20 minutes or so ago, I went over to, to chat GPT, which I've, I've used many times myself. And I said, hey, you know, how can I promote my law firm just to see what it would come back with? Right. And it's given me a very quickly. I won't read the whole thing out, but it's given me a little essay on what I should be doing. I should be building a professional website, optimizing it for the search engines, using social media, attending legal conferences and events, offering free consultations creating informative content and getting listed in legal directories like Arvo and Justia. So it's pretty good.
0: That is amazing. I have been doing this for, I want to say, 15 years now. And that is like singing to the choir for me. Because first of all, what I want to say, I want to just, it's amazing that a robot did that to begin with. But what I love about it is that coming from a robot, it's a really well-rounded marketing strategy. It's not just online. It talks about going to conferences. It talks about the actual in-person, like traditional marketing activities that I am constantly reinforcing and saying, listen, you can't just do pay-per-click as your entire marketing strategy. That's not going to work. And then we have to explain why and blah, 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 blah. And they're bam, ChatGPT just like got the whole thing right there. It's like, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. And it's got, you know, a little little sentence or two about each one of those points. But of course, that that's just a starting place. You know, you can then go back and say, okay, great, so you tell me I should list in, in legal directories. What are the best legal directories to be listed in? It'll give you the answer to that. So you know, th- there's a lot that could be done on... ChatGPT is of course just one, there are others, but yeah, you can just build and build and build on that. you can build entire marketing strategies and plans from this one platform really, really quickly. That by the way, took less than a minute for it to generate that plan. So yeah, yeah, so super fast. So you can see why people are just thinking, wow, where, where have you been all my life, right? <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> but at the same time, like I will say, you've that's the plan in a minute, but executing that plan you still need the people to do that. So the next question I'm going to ask is the one that I see over and over, all over social media, is ChatGPT going to replace me? Is this, you know, the end of humans, basically? <laughs> like, do, do we all just become slaves to our robots, you know? So tell me why, I mean, I assume the answer is no. <laughs> and so tell, tell tell me why the answer is no, or maybe I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, the answer is it depends, right? So it really depends what you're doing. But you know, this has been the way for hundreds of years, right? I mean, the industrial revolution, it was, oh my God, we're not going to have any jobs anymore. These machines are going to do it for us. Do you know what? We've all still got jobs. We've just got different jobs, exactly. right? So yeah, AI still needs people to develop it and program it. It still needs people to to feed the content and the expertise And it still needs the interpretation out the other side. You know, at the moment, by no means is AI sophisticated enough in in my mind to do a a full wholesale replacement of 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 most roles. Certainly, the vast majority of roles. I think we are we're a a number of years, not ten years, but probably probably more like three four years, maybe less if we're if this really does continue at the pace it has been the last few months towards certainly manual tasks being replaced but you you mentioned uh, paid search earlier google ads is a great example because obviously it's been using machine learning for quite a long time and in reality if you go into google ads now and you trust google to optimize it for you it can look at your website and write the ads and decide what pages to send people to and decide what keywords to to focus those ads on and it will do a a reasonable job in my mind with that um I wouldn't rely on it entirely, but but there are certain certain distances that that can get you without a lot of work, which would have been hugely manu hugely manual five years ago. And However, expensive five and expensive, yeah. But five years ago, I wouldn't. It still existed, but I wouldn't have trusted it at all. And in fact, my recommendation to every client I've ever had has been. You do not do that right that that is a bad idea to tell Google to optimize it manually optimize it test it you know scientifically what's happening what's not happening. It's absolutely you should be trusting in in an expert to to run those ads for you. you absolutely should. But we are getting to a place where you can try out a little bit of that. You can let Google go with it and see what you learn and come back from it. So there is a space where you know, some roles don't need as much work. But that that's really in the button pressing and the manual exercises. It gives all it does is it frees you up to have more time to think strategically and to create journeys and be more sophisticated about your marketing. So. In no way does it replace those. And if you flip over to another role, probably the one that most people are focusing on when they think about AI, which is copywriting, right? This is the one that people are going, oh, brilliant, it takes hours to write copy and research it and I've got to pay all this money and oh, it's so difficult and this is it even going to work and yeah, and let's just, let's just stick it in an AI and see what comes out. Well, that is absolutely not ready yet. So yes, you can go into a piece of AI and you can say, like a Jasper, for example, you can say, write a 1500 word blog about a subject and you don't even have to come up with a subject you can say what subjects should I write about in for a law firm in Minnesota, right? And well, you've got the subjects that go, okay, tell me how to structure that blog. Oh, okay, now write it for me. So you can really go down and get it to do everything for you. The problem is the quality of that at the moment is not quite there. Most of that sort of content is very clearly readable as a bit of AI. It doesn't flow in a really human way. It, a lot of the research and the references won't be there. And also taking a step beyond that again, it will more than likely get picked up as being written by AI when it comes to the the search engines. And just just as a bit of a game to to build on that point, I took that that piece that I just wrote on how to write a law firm a marketing strategy and I put it into an AI content detector that I use, which said it, it's picked up that it's ninety one percent fake.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay, so what's the what's the negative part of that? I mean, what happens when Google recognizes that this was developed and created by AI?
1: Yeah, so I mean ultimately, that's a big answer to that question but I'll try and keep it as short as I can so there's a number of things on that one is that Google absolutely does not like duplicate content so anything where a piece of content that's substantial has clearly been taken from somewhere else Google's going to look at that and say well that's not your content we're not ranking that doesn't count on top of that you have effectively plagiarism within there as well if it is the AI tool is taking significant pieces of content from elsewhere you have the potential for plagiarism which is obviously a real risk within any organisation anyone producing content ideally should be putting it through a plagiarism checker whether it's ai or not anyway just because your copywriter might be plagiarizing i hope they're not but they might be (laughs) well
0: and as a as a little asterisk uh sub note to that our copywriters will prove that they're not plagiarizing anything and they'll send over you know a link to the checker that double checks and makes sure and verifies that you know this is original content and your copywriter if you're at all worried about it there's ways to check that and you should yeah, absolutely right. I mean, have a look online for plagiarism
1: checkers and, and, and AI checkers, and checkers, have a look at it. I mean, we, we have a client who's who's down in Florida and we're running some SEO work for him. And the first thing we did when auditing his site was we picked up a bunch of AI-generated content, which he had no idea was on there. So, you know, he didn't know his co- copywriters were doing that. So that's that can happen. So, yeah, be careful with that. And, yeah, I think yeah, at, at the moment it it's very clear what what is AI-generated and therefore not high-value content. You know, Google is looking for you to be an authority in your space, to be an expert to be trusted. If you're just pulling the stuff from elsewhere and it's just generic, ordinary content that's been scraped out of other websites, Google can see that, it's pretty sophisticated. You're not gonna rank on that content at all, it's a a waste of time. It's not to say you can't use that to plan and get you a certain distance, or even write it for you and then edit it yourself to add a lot more value to it and improve the links, make it more human, absolutely, that's great. So it can still save you time, but I personally wouldn't recommend relying on AI content and just generating it and stick it on your website. Chances are, it may take you nowhere, it may take you backwards. Yeah, that would be the downside.
0: Yeah, I like, you mentioned the word sophisticated a couple of times that I feel like I wanna keep coming back to that because I feel like when you also compare it to the industrial revolution and even the internet revolution and everybody always has these fears. And you know, I don't really think AI is necessarily at that level maybe maybe it is like depending on how this all kind of plays out in various industries but once again we have this you know new thing and people worry and what they're worried about is our jobs and positions that aren't really ideal and they don't maximize the level of sophistication that most human brains can handle so this gives you the freedom and the ability to really use your expertise and spend the time on the things that are you know, the highest and best use of your time
1: yeah look, I, th- I think that, that that's a great point. It's um you know these things are here to augment our lives, not not to replace us in any way and I, and I think
0: as far as we know so far <laughs> as far as we know so far right I mean who knows
1: what's coming down the line right we've got <laughs> we've got the metaverse and all sorts of things, but that's probably not for for today, but yeah, um, there it-
0: could be some alien planet that has bigger plans and they're they're all you know bringing in chat GPT and you know there's a, there's a whole plan behind all of that, but as far as we know so far. We're going to be okay.
1: Yeah, let, let's not get started on, on aliens and balloons right now, right? <laughs> But yeah, but I think you know, you're right. I mean, they they are here are here to augment us and save us time. As as is the internet, as our smartphones, as our social media. Although perhaps that sucks more of our time than actually helps us with anything. That's again a different conversation. But yeah, you know, I, I think in terms of sort of replacing tasks that really we don't want to be doing as humans, and as things go forward, we shouldn't need to do. I think yeah, they're a fantastic tool for that. The, the one thing I'm saying to everybody at the moment, and I'm speaking a lot about AI at a lot of different events right now. It is just go and embrace it, right? Just just go out there and try it, right? I mean, a lot of these tools have, well, some of them are completely free and some of them, most of them, if not all of them have free trials. So if you want to go out and try ChatGPT and, and Jasper and, and various others, just go and give it a go. Go and play around with it. And if you decide not to pull it into your business, that's fine. But I think it's important right now to, to just understand what the capabilities are and be because ahead. I guarantee you... Yeah. All of your competitors are, right? Everyone else is doing this right now. So if you don't, there's a risk you get left behind.
0: Exactly. And every conference, every you know, everywhere you go, this is the conversation. So you know, you don't want to be the guy standing there thinking, mm, I, I've kind of heard what they're talking about, but I don't really know. So I'm just going to sit here and sort of twiddle my thumbs. I have no idea. It sounds a little scary. And so I'm not really, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like you don't want to be that guy. So that leads right into my next question, which is what are some of the best chatbots? And Where should people start and kind of check things out and kind of get their feet wet and have some understanding of what's going on and where they might get the best stuff out of?
1: Yeah, there are a lot of uses for AI. So if I just talk about a few of those to kick off. So we've talked about ChatGPT and we've talked about Jasper. Both great tools to just go and say, hey, look, write this plan for me or give me a list of SEO keywords for this subject or how do I write this or write me a blog and all those things. Great. Really good for that tool and, and, and for much, much more. But there are some very specific AI tools in specific fields as well which may well be worth people checking out. For example, this one called murph M U R F, which is a you know, a fantastic tool of, of turning text into voice or video. So, yeah, so cuz that cuz that is something that's tough, right? So, you yeah, know, things can be uh, can be really time consuming creating audio files or video files. So that's that's a tough thing to do. Writing a blog can be a bit time consuming, but if you've got to go out and film it and edit it and everything else oh that's tough and you might need an actor or something as well it gets expensive and time consuming but with Murph what you can do is you can go in there you can upload your own videos and images or you can use stock stuff you can also pick music as well and then you can choose a voice and even a face and you can say hey look go on I'm just going to copy and paste my blog into there and boom off it goes it's now a video right and then that's it so suddenly the opportunity to build up a big YouTube channel without thousands and thousands of hours of effort becomes incredible right
0: and just as a sub note to that or question, so YouTube obviously ha- is kind of getting on the same Bandwidth with TikTok and and Instagram, and so they have their shorts now, which are vertical formatted and the short little clips, and it's basically their rip off of TikTok, which is you know reel, Reels on Instagram is the rip off of TikTok. Like the whole world is like, okay, let's all just be like TikTok. So it's it sounds like, and I'm guessing with Murph, you can format it with the vertical formatting and do, yeah, you can yeah. yeah yeah. So then you can throw those on all three. You could do the short form videos on TikTok, Instagram Reels, and then. YouTube Shorts. And that sounds amazing. I love that. I'm going to check that the w- out.
1: And by the way, Vice versa as well. You can take a video and turn it into text with AI as well, right? So just pick it all up. So, you know, if you're if if you if you the kind of person who's like, is recording sort of five or 10 reels a week because that you find that easy to just do when you've got a little couple of minutes spare, record those reels, get them, as you say, out across, uh, get a reel across Instagram, get a short across YouTube, put it on TikTok, but then take that and turn it into a short message. That can then be a social media post as I well. I love that.
0: So wherever your hurdles are, like whatever is easy and, and then you have the hurdle of getting to the next thing, so if it's going from text to video or vice versa, this now will push you through that problem.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you, you, know, you could write a really long, um, you may have a dissertation or something that you've written really lengthy piece with a, a case study that's a few thousand words long, and maybe that would take 20 minutes to read out. Great, that's a podcast, maybe, right? I mean, that, you t- turn that text into audio. So if you're doing one of those a month, you've, you've got a free podcast right there. So so there's, there's a whole load of, of ways to, to move into an area that before was really time consuming or just isn't your back. You just don't want to be doing it, right? So great, get the AI to do it for you. So it opens up new avenues for you. So that's a great one. Another one worth mentioning. It's one I probably should have used before we did this recording, which is called Poised. Um, oh, what is that? Which have, <laughs> so it's effectively analyzes your public speaking. So you work with Poised and you can speak into the camera. And this may be great, depending on what you're doing within your law firm. If you are speaking a lot and trying to convince people of a certain story in a courtroom, perhaps, in that sort of environment.
0: If you're a trial lawyer. Yeah, exactly.
1: Then, then you know, that situation actually presenting to this and having it then give you notes back afterwards saying, hey, you move too much, too many uh
0: How harsh is it? Like, stop saying um <laughs> like you. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah 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 so it's it's really powerful actually it's, it's uh, so I'd, I'd recommend if you're in that space where or even if you're just you, know, you obviously many uh, lawyers that I know regularly speak on the circuit I mean you'll go around and speak on stage and, and have opinions and get interviewed it's a great way I mean you may well be established in your field but if you're just getting into that really helpful way to get yourself into into the stride with public speaking as well so,
0: so how do you spell that one poised
1: p-o-i-s-e-d yeah the regular way yeah but yeah, I mean you've got other tools for like image creation, so you can just create images out of nothing, so you don't have to go out and buy stock photography. What's you've got one? ones that were Oh, there's a few of those. There's stock AI is probably a good one. That's a good one, easy to remember. You've got things that will just do your organization for you, like Notion. Notion's a really good Oh great yeah, kind of that's been around well. for a
0: while. I have friends who are obsessed with Notion.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's hugely popular. I don't use it myself, but I have many clients who do and I get pulled into that from time to time. So yeah. It
0: reminds me of the early days of Evernote. Do you remember that? When everyone was obsessed with Evernote, but it was really complicated because there was like sort of slash commands and, you know, folder structures and people had their whole life around Evernote. And then it kind of went away. I wasn't away. A
1: fan. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, yeah I, I wasn't a fan. I didn't. I, I mean, I, when everyone was into it, I did go and use it for a short time, but it just something didn't sit right with me. Exactly. On that, I suppose so. Uh, I agree yeah, completely. Yeah.
0: And I was just like, what? Why am I spending twenty minutes to just put this thing in a folder somewhere? <laughs> like, it just seems like way too yeah. much.
1: <laughs> That's probably what killed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the one thing I would say on, on copywriting is, if you are going to write your own copy, but you're not sure if if you've written that really well for SEO there is a tool called Surfer SEO which is as you'd expect it which you can you, know, you can take that blog put it into Surfer SEO it'll rate it based on the keywords you're trying to optimize for we use and it'll this. give you specific yeah great specific advice on it's really powerful, yeah.
0: Yeah, and we and once again we write the content, but then we put it into Surfer and for the ranking and everything. So you know, as, just to reiterate, like we're not having the robot write the SEO content because it's not. It just doesn't it's, read it's, well.
1: And that's right. It's it's written as a human, and you you write a really good, compelling, well-researched piece. Pop into Surfer, and Surfer will say, okay, it's great, but actually you need this keyword more. You need a few more titles. You should put an image over here. So it's just helping you structure it better for SEO, which is yeah, it's a really helpful tool.
0: It's like a trainer, like you need to work on this muscle over here <laughs> like yeah exactly yeah.
1: that's exactly it yeah 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 so so there's thousands more um and you know i guess you know if you've got a challenge within your business that is time consuming or difficult or you haven't got the skill set for within the organization but you don't want to go out and hire someone because that's expensive and risky and yeah then yeah, have a look just give it a have a look have a poke around the internet see if you can find an ai tool that's doing that because the way things are going at the moment there probably is one
0: yeah and i think the the key there is to recognize that they're all kind kind of fresh and new. And so you're probably gonna have to take that tool and it's going to save you a bunch of time, but it's not. You don't want to think about it as saving a hundred percent of the time, so that you still reserve like ten, fifteen percent of your time to fix it, <laughs> like to read it and make it human and revise it in an appropriate way, so that and, and double check it, not, it as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. like like some of the advertising, uh, say like Google ads and things like that. Don't don't just go. Okay, look, I'm, I can press this button and it's all done and hooray! I can leave that for a month and then you get to the end of the month and realize you spent twice your budget or yeah, it's just not been effective at all. It, it won't spend twice your budget. Don't. Pass but but yeah, you know, it's, it's perhaps just not just not been effective. Yeah, you know, it, it's important to just check it and, you know, as I say, challenge it and, and optimize it. Whether it's whether it is copy or optimization of performance marketing, whatever it might be.
0: So, are you mentioned that some of these are free? Are the ones that you mentioned all free, or some of them are have a cost behind them, or, or how does that most work? Most
1: of them, yeah. Most of them have a sort of freemium model where they give you a free trial, and it, it'll be a, you know, a few days or a certain amount of usage, and yeah, you're not going to be able to keep it for free for for most of the time with most of these platforms. Yeah, I think it takes a fair bit of work to build these, so I think if they were free forever, they yeah, it just wasn't wouldn't commercially really work for most of them. Yeah, I
0: think didn't ChatGPT just come out with their, their pricing structure too, and all of a sudden everybody's they like, did. what? <laughs> like well yeah, you know, exactly. what did you think we were doing here
1: <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. They're, obviously they're not we might
0: need to make some money <laughs> uh-huh.
1: yeah that's right that's right so exactly that they've come out and said okay this, this is what our, our pricing is going forwards and, and to be fair there's been a bit of noise about that I don't think there's been an uproar about it to be honest I think I think everyone is like yeah okay fair enough It's about time we started paying for this okay um so that yeah I think that's been generally well accepted but yeah most of them are are paid after a trial so like i say worth giving them a trial first there are there are a few things that are free but uh, i mean like the ai content detector i use for example is is free because that it it just makes a lot of sense murph you can create a video for free but then you can't export and keep the video unless you pay for it so (laughs) you know uh, thank you
0: (laughs) we're gonna take the video and give it to sell it to somebody else
1: (laughs) but definitely worth doing And, and i think that's the that's the key really is that is that I think it's it's worth going and trying because you don't you don't have to go and spend any money before you've tested it out. And, and that that model generally, yeah you know, for me works really well. and you can decide whether it's powerful and time saving enough for your organization depending on what challenges you've got.
0: And I find the ones that stay free for too long, either they just get really annoying with ads or something or their quality goes down. So at some point, I find I would rather pay whatever some minimal amount. To keep the quality of the app and keep it kind of up and running and have them have some responsibility to the people who are paying. Whereas if it's free, then it's like, okay, if it's not working or it's broken or whatever, like we're not, we don't care because it's free. You yeah, know? so.
1: Yeah, exactly. And an AI tool that is, I mean, many of the free platforms out there, whether they're you know, games or whatever, they're often obviously paid for by advertising and you know when you're when you're building a tool that is ultimately about time saving and efficiency the last thing is you want it to be is to have adverts popping up and blocking your journey all the time so it it wouldn't really work and 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 I think there's a lot of pushback I mean you're in California right so there's a lot of a lot of pushback in Silicon Valley ag- against sort of throwing money at companies now like like they used to 10 15 years ago because a lot of fingers have been burnt over the last 5 years I think and so you know I think a lot of VCs are looking for organizations that are going to go in and be profitable and, and have a sensible business model rather than just, you know, let's grow and hope we can make some money later.
0: Yeah. And it's just, it doesn't seem like a professional tool when you're using it for, you know, professional type things. And then all of a sudden, like this ad pops up. It's like, okay, what, what is it, you know, like, okay, let me give you $5 so that you can make these ads go away. So what's a different way that people can use all of these different pieces within their marketing mix? So... They have their overall marketing strategy. They've got the chat GPTs. What's a way that they can kind of integrate all of these different pieces as part of their overall strategy?
1: So I think, that, as I say, the most common one, I think at the moment is around the, the chats. So around the, the ability to create content now as I say I I wouldn't I wouldn't go and create that blog for for SEO but it's a it's a good starting point so so for example if you if you can go and find if you can use these chatbots and and get them to give you a list of the most popular keywords for whatever it is your specific sector is or whatever sort of audience you're trying to go after then from that set of keywords you can then go and say okay so let's create some blog topics around that then from those blog topics you can say okay give me a structure for each one of those blogs and from that you've got your 25 blogs however many you publish a, a week or or that will keep you going for quite a long time you then need to go and write those blogs yourself but you're writing it within a structure that you know is built on on data and fact once you've written them you can then go and put them into surfer seo and say okay great now i know this is a well-written piece that's well optimized and it was built on the initial keywords at the beginning so that's about as strong as you can get publish that then turn that blog if you want to go this far into an audio file which is a podcast into a video which pushes your youtube and your reels and then create that a shortened version of those blogs and use that for your social media so you know you ultimately, basically from using maybe three or four AI tools, which is not a big investment, to be honest with you, financially. You've gone from nothing to yeah, you know, three months worth of, of blog content, yeah, which is going out across multiple channels, which is probably taking you you know a couple of hours to put together rather than a couple of months. So that, for me, is the most powerful thing to do with it right now. Seriously,
0: and just the, what you've described in the past would have taken weeks and weeks and hours and hours of a person sitting down and doing so much research that these AIs are going out and just bam, they just have it within minutes. And they're providing like, okay, here's the keywords. Here's where you're gonna get some traction. here's. And but then it's really important for you to go back and say okay of these keywords like this one makes no sense this doesn't apply to the way we are running our firm and it's important for you to go through like we said a few times and edit that and find what you know makes the most sense and make it more human but that is like such a perfect and complete strategy where it like really is supplemented by these AI in a way that just saves you the time and effort but also really supports it like it really is going to go out and get this research and data to make sure that all this effort is making sense and going to give you those results
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, before, just to do the keyword research, you might have had to go to you know, key, Google Keyword Planner and SEMrush and your various other SEO tools, all of which you're going to have to pay for and set up. And you know, suddenly you don't have to do any of that anymore. And then the, the structuring of the blog, well, who knows? I mean, how, what's the best way to do that? Well, that's done for you, so that's fine. And you sense, checking it at the end with Surfer SEO anyway, so fantastic. But you're absolutely right. I mean, even, even when we get to the end of that process, and I was saying, you know, create a shortened ver- version of that blog to use as a social post, yeah, OK, the AI can do that, but you're going to want to think what accounts do i want to tag in that you know who are the who are the big players or who are people we have a relationship with so as we tag and we get a bit more traction with that social post than we had before hashtags debatably perhaps you might want to ask what the, the what the right hashtags to use are but they're not quite so relevant on most platforms still on tiktok but not quite so relevant elsewhere but yeah so you, you've got to with every every stage you've got to layer your actual human brain over the top of it and just say you know is this is this right or can i make this better and you'll you'll always be able to make it better but let's say three four years time maybe not
0: yeah chat GPT is telling me to do a dance routine i'm thinking i'm not going to do that part <laughs> like you know there's certain things where like the hashtags are gonna pop up or whatever that those keywords are and you're gonna say, okay, that is not for me. And you should be saying that because... What drives me the most, nuts, and we see this probably most likely on social media, is where everybody's doing this one dance routine, I guess I have to, and you can see on their face, it's like kind of killing part of their entire soul. And, but it's like, why are you doing that? Like, it has nothing to do with what you're talking about. Like, it makes no sense. And it's, it's painful to watch. So, you know, don't do those things.
1: Be authentic, right? Be authentic is something I've been saying for a very, very long time, right? ChatGPT doesn't know you, your your brand, your personality, you know, however your business functions. It doesn't know the history of your company, doesn't know your place in the market. And yeah, you know, if, if you're a law firm asking ChatGPT, what blog should I write for law firms? That's so generic that probably 10 other law firms are asking the same thing and you're going to end up writing the same content. So yeah, you know, you've, you've got to find your own voice and your own angle within that. and And that's something that at the moment it can't do as well for you and and I know I know I can argue that point with with various AI experts but there are it's not going to do that as well as you possibly can yourself as we stand today because there'd be an enormous amount of data internally within your organization externally in relation to you in relation to the history of the industry and all sorts of things that that especially if you're as yes, you know, if you're a trial lawyer for example and you've got a profile from certain cases you've held in the past or something that's all going to come into play which it simply can't do so so yeah that i, I think that that human element is, i think we've probably preached that point too much but but that's really important
0: yeah no <laughs> i think it's okay because i i think a lot of people are are just going into some of these chatbots and just just copying and pasting and they don't realize that there's some risk in that there's potential for plagiarism there's potential that that's pulling from different places but on top of it there's risk of just your overall brand and reputation like if it doesn't sound like you if it sounds like all of a sudden what is this person saying they used to sound a certain way and now they sound really weird and it doesn't sound authentic like you were saying you're really risking just kind of throwing all the work that you've put into for however many years like into the toilet so you really and that matters
1: a lot in the legal industry i mean we we have some some legal firms in my agency as as clients and and it matters enormously who you are and and your name i mean your name is is literally above the door most of the time right so if suddenly the the voice that you've got the message you're putting across completely changes and becomes this generic, yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) yeah yeah it's like oh who's this right you you're you're seen as an expert and an authority and suddenly you're just talking like mediocre stuff anyone could have said right that's not that that's not gonna that's not where you want to be at no all.
0: like you said earlier it'll it has the likelihood to move you backwards when you're trying to move forwards and so then not only are you wasting all this money but you're you know damaging all the work that you've done in the past so okay so I feel like we've talked about the human element quite a bit so let's move on to the book review it is time to get your recommendation for what book you think everybody in the audience should be reading so Simon what's the what's your book recommendation
1: Yeah, well, I'm not going to recommend my own books, although... Oh, we will link to those, though, as well. But there's a great book about sustainable marketing out there, which is literally called Sustainable Marketing. So it's fairly easy to remember, which is uh, by uh, Michelle Carvel. Now, Michelle does some great work around sustainability. It's a a topic that's very close to my heart, certainly. And I I think at the moment within business, there's a lot of sort of greenwashing and, and talking about sustainability and climate and not not really living those values and not really thinking about what it really means right i mean sustainability is not about you know, buy my product and i'll plant a tree although you know that doesn't hurt, but sure. But it's you know, if you think about your whole, this may not be quite so relevant in the law firm space, but you know, if you think about your your logistics chain and 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 you know, what impact you are having in terms of where your office is and how, how you are getting people to commute into the office, but within marketing specifically, you know, what activity are you doing? And you know I had a great conversation with someone around sustainable web design the other day, who was saying, you know, if you are when people think about their websites, they think about the speed of their website and how important that is. And that's important as an, as an SEO factor. It's important from a user experience. Those are the two things we always think about. But actually, from a sustainability perspective, it's really important as well. You know, If every website in the world could load Twenty percent faster, then the the demand on on a on a computer to load that website is lower, and the energy use is lower. And is it it's a really fascinating. That area. is so.
0: That is not something I've ever heard anyone talk about. I I feel like that is so fascinating to think about just the energy use and the demand on servers, and you know not just the performance in terms of SEO and Google and all of that stuff that everybody's always talking about, but that there is a, that sustainability element in there. That's fascinating. I love that.
1: Yeah, and obviously you've got recycled products in terms of what you're doing and how you're positioning your messaging and whether you really need to be doing some things. Can you do them digitally? And is that better than a paper version? There's still a lot to be said, of course, for face-to-face especially within this industry and within certain areas like private banking and investments there's specific industries where face-to-face works really well but you know how can you do that face-to-face marketing really sustainably it tackles a lot the, the book tackles a lot of issues and i think sustainability within business generally is something that you know i think is is actually really really important you know whether you're really into climate change or you dismiss it or whatever your view is it doesn't do any harm to be more sustainable right so that's that's generally my view <laughs> yes, yeah, a great book. So, yeah. Sustainable marketing by Michelle Kerr. That's definitely. awesome. We
0: will link to that in on the show page and in the show notes and it's in our library and all, and all of that good stuff. I find that really fascinating, especially in terms of, you know, law firms have generally been kind of slow to putting their entire firms in the cloud and they, you know, they've just been traditionally so paper-based and not only does it put the firm at risk security wise because it's much, so much less secure to have files full of paper and you know then than to put it in the cloud but sustainability wise it's just not the way to go it's just not the it's not the best for anybody for the planet or or anybody in general
1: uh, i've worked with a lot of very very large companies in various countries around the world over the years and, and there's also you know, a lot of issues with record keeping and, and and privacy and and your housing data and it becomes a not even if you park sustainability for a minute it just becomes a real headache managing that stuff to be honest with you so um so yeah i think that's it's a a good one to consider yeah
0: yeah and then to add the sustainability element on top of it it's just like it's all positive to move towards that direction as opposed to kind of holding on to the past of what just kind of feels comfortable and like these piles of paperwork
1: (laughs) i get it i completely get why why law firms have and why banks have yeah and until you're confident that the technology is right and obviously there have been data leaks i mean i think just i mean 10 10 cases I was talking to someone the other day. They're just they were, they were just from ten cases alone in the last ten years. Seven and a half billion records have been leaked. Right, that's the entire world's population leaked in, in seven sorry in ten uh, hacks alone. So I, I can understand that you know if if it's out there somewhere it can get leaked. If it's locked in a, in a, the back office of my office it can't get leaked. Right, so, so so I get that. But I think yeah there's there are we're in a much more secure place, much more safer place, and and it's just it's just the smart thing to do now. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Simon, what is one thing that you know that works?
1: Do you know what, I thought about this earlier and I think we've touched on it so many times actually during this session now but it's it's about being human right we've touched touched on being authentic and we've touched on adding the human angle to AI but the the actual point for me in, in marketing is about it's always about being human people don't connect with companies they don't really connect with brands they connect with people and in marketing I've been involved in so many studies of, of imagery and video and what resonates with people and what doesn't and it's always the picture of the person who's smiling back at you that resonates over the picture of a really nice looking product it's Because we as humans, we love a community, we love a tribe, we connect with each other, we look into each other's eyes and we have a connection and actually expressing yourself as a person, trying not to be... Too corporate, too formal. Especially as we move forward, and there are more millennials and more Gen Zs making decisions, becoming decision makers. Those guys are increasingly going to be focused on on the human connection. Yeah, you know, we look to humans for reviews. We look to humans on social media for their opinions. And especially with again with Gen Zs, it's something around seventy percent of Gen Zs are buying products only after they've decided that they trust them through looking at, at social media or through a, a, an influencer. Say, so of course, the growth of the influence is all because of humans as well. So that's the point. And that's
0: what I was just going to add is to bring it back to what you said a couple times when we talked about it being, you know, there's a level of sophistication that we are. We continue to increase our level of sophistication from the industrial revolution into this whole idea of these AI and everything. And we also have, have increased our level of sophistication in discerning how human a thing is. So we now can look at stock photos and say, okay, that's not that company. That's just some random stock photo. And that reduces the amount of trust that people have when they can look at it and say, okay, that's a stock photo. That's not an authentic photo of the people that are actually in that company. And stock photos have their place, but they have their place when you are supporting them with authentic imagery as well. So you kind of balance it out. So to not only continue to be human, but really authentically present all of your visuals in a way that people can say right away, oh yeah, that's that person. It's not a stock photo. It wasn't written by an AI. You know, it's not just this person kind of going out and having this done in an automated electronic way. We can sense that very easily.
1: Absolutely. And people on social media engage with with content when it feels more human more real as well i mean i've been saying for years i don't believe we live in the digital age i believe we live in the human age i mean it it is not people humans have never been more connected than they are now right i mean there are billions of people in the in the planet that can all talk to each other in real time now which has obviously never happened so it's not really about embracing technology it's about embracing humanity and using the technology to augment that
0: if you like Oh, my gosh. I think that is the perfect ending of all of that. I mean, it it brings it all together that all of this technology is just a tool to support our humanity and our connection and our ability to make these amazing human connections. And if you're missing that point, that's where you're not going to do it well. And that's where it's not going to turn out well, is if you're just, you know, sinking into the technology side of it only and and not, you know, recognizing your, your humanity for it. So that's awesome. I think that is the perfect place to stop. So Simon Kingsnorth, thank you so much for being here. You are the CEO of SK, which is a global marketing agency, and we will link to all of your social media, all of your content. You've got so much good content on your blog about all of this stuff, chatbots and you know all of this good marketing stuff, as well as the book Sustainable Marketing that you recommended. So we'll have all of that stuff on our show notes and our show page. But thank you so much. That, I feel like that was an amazing conversation.
1: Yeah, thanks, Karen. I really, I really enjoyed that. That was great. It's always nice to chat.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Councilcast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate it if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.